0: Before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years, I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend, and confidant, Nick. Hello! It's coming, football's coming home. It's coming, home. it's coming, it's coming. Wow, well, we're in the final. I know what I'm doing on Sunday. I don't, people who aren't into England playing in a final, I think there's something wrong with them. There's something wrong with me then, because I'm not going to be watching it. And look, it's just you're like my other friend who doesn't like the Beatles. Doesn't I? I you know Wimbledon tennis final. You watching the final? Are you watch? I No, I'm not interested. What are you interested in then? Lots of things that you hate. <laughs> Lots of things. But I think the women's England team... There was a great interview with Gurinder Chadha on last night on Channel 4 News, and she made and directed Bend It Like Beckham. And that was, what, 25 years ago. And that was all no. about women playing football. Kira Knightley... 25 years ago. Oh, my Lord. And she was talking about it, and she... Was so eloquent about why it's important that women can play football, and I actually think they're better than the men because they're more agile, they're more deft, they've got more skill. So I was sitting watching the semi-final, and I was going, "They're so skilled! They're so..." I wonder if I could get my hair into a high ponytail, and was, <laughs> you, you know, and there was a, there was a piece in the papers by Ian Wilson, who's a very intelligent man. And he was writing about the team, and he said they have this quality of all being Essex girls. They're not all Essex girls, some are from Whitby, some they're from all over the place. And you or I, well, you're sort of an Essex girl, I'm an Essex I'm girl. I'm an East Ender, there's a difference. I, I went to school in Brentwood, and there is something about Essex girls, and that is what that team embodies. They try really hard, they try to stay cheerful. They're girls' girls, and to see them all hugging Russo at the end, it was just so uplifting. But they're sort of old-fashioned ethics girls, so I'm an old-fashioned ethics girl. This is before TOWIE and pumped-up stuff. It's about an attitude, and I think... Um like Helen Merron was born in South End and I did my A levels in South End. South End. And it's you're so near to London and it kind of makes you ambitious and you want to get there. It's just down the road and you're like, I'm gonna get to London, I'm gonna be a success, and I'm gonna make it. And I saw that in all the faces. So Sunday morning And me and Minnie Poppy, because she likes the football, because I'm going on a mini break this weekend. Mini, 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 mini. mini, mini, mini break with mini puppy. Mini, 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 with Minnie Puppy. So we're going to be sitting and the whole of Devon is going to go, and, Come on, England. We're all, I'm going to watch it in, in the pub. opposite. It's an organic pub. I don't do pubs unless they're organic. I'm going to watch it in a pub and it's going to be fantastic. Come on, England. Oh, my God. But balls
1: coming home. Do you know what I'm going to be doing? Because I'm staying here babysitting, aren't I? So I'm going to have a party. I'm going to be trying all your nice products, burning your nice candles. I'm going to be having a whale of a time, but I'm not going to be watching Don't football.
0: burn my candles. Oh, look at her face, look. Don't burn, don't burn <laughs> my candles. If anyone, I've left you some cheap conditioner. Have you? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm leaving 33 and a third... What's two times, 66% of my collies I'm leaving behind because yeah. I can't cope with them all in depth and I'm only taking mini-puppets. No, you're taking
1: a... the good one and I've got the naughty ones. Yeah. <laughs> that is your function. That correct. is my function. Don't light my candles. But I'm going to be laying in your nice roll-top bath, looking at your nice products. So Don't you worry.
0: Bye-bye, Liz. So I've been watching a lot of telly this week because I love telly. You I've do been love telly, don't I do love telly. It's the way I escape. Some people take heroin. I watch Sex and the City. It's much healthier.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose it beats crack. Yeah. I tried to watch
0: on BBC iPlayer Hen Pocalypse. It's by Caitlin Moran's sister. What a talented family. Well, is it though? Was it good? It's not really for me because everyone was very badly dressed and drinking and riotous and dirty and oh, no. and it's all about an apocalypse and another pandemic and I don't like fantasy things. I like things to be real. I don't know. I don't like fantasy. I don't like fantasy things. I like That's why I never went to see Bowlby. I like real things. But there's one funny line. Go on. So this hen party, they go to a remote cottage that they're renting and one of the hen party members gets up and the bride says, don't bleed on my deposit because she bleeds on the sofa. Oh, my don't God. Don't bleed Lord. on my deposit. That's a very funny line. Oh, my Lord. And you say about Barbie. I've actually seen Oh, you. I'm not talking about But No, shut up. But Ryan Gosling no, no. works out. This is a pink free zone. He no, shut up. works out. Shut up better than henpocalypses and just like that it has improved has it it has improved over the weeks it has it's got better and better and it's very poignant it's very sad and it's very real and it, I think the reason I love it is because I'm not rowdy and go on hen party weekends and stuff I'm more like the women in Sex and the City I'm very OCD don't like my candles <laughs> um, and there is two things that struck a chord with me Shay who's the comic has been having an affair with Miranda. Oh, and Shay goes on stage and doesn't an act, and Miranda's in the audience, and she's very rude about their relationship and their sex together. Saying um, about orgasms and how long it takes, if you see, you see the the synergy here with my life, yeah, yeah, and what I write in the. Daily I think mail. most women's lives, to be honest. So Miranda walks out, and so Che stops her act and goes running after Miranda, and she says, "Miranda's in tears and cross, and why are you talking about me? Why are you talking about me?" And so Chase says, "I make jokes about the bad things that happen in my life. That's my job." So Miranda says, "Was I a bad thing? Should I do the accent?" I think you just did. Was I, did I a bad, bad thing? thing? Really bad. So Che said, "It's all bad, Miranda. Life is bad. That's the point of comedy." I'm so tired of having to explain myself, and that's me, isn't wow, it? People it is complain, you. complain, 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 but it's my job. That's what I do, and life is bad tony hancock committed suicide he was a morose moaning whinging oh that's a full on a whole armful when he went to give blood to us that is what comedy is and i'm sick of having to explain myself everyone i come across says to me oh but you won't put this in your column will you oh but if i do you won't you won't write about it If that is how you want to live your life, that's fine. Don't interact with me then. Go away. You know, I am economist. I'm a novelist. I'm a writer. If you don't want to be in my world and my job, don't interact with me. Go away. Don't approach me. Don't talk to me. Don't ask me out. Don't marry me. Don't get engaged to me. Don't work for me. Don't be my friend. It's as simple as that. I remember once Nicola was in the field And she was so angry at me. She was going, I said, well, why are you angry? She said, you never told me you got engaged to David. I said, well, it was in the column. You can read about it. But you dated someone for about 15 years and never told me. No, because, why? Because it only worked one way. No, because, like... Normally
1: you tell me everything, don't you? And it's kind of like I was quite hurt that you didn't tell me because I thought you'd tell me because, like, we were... No, you just just nosy. No, I'm not just... No, that's not true because I don't care Why
0: about anybody else's life. Anyway, <laughs> if you ever want to interrupt with me, never, ever say, i just read your book, but can you not write about me? You're not interesting enough, love. Now, in You Magazine this Sunday... Is a huge, huge piece by me, and they never complain when I write about them. That's Liz Jones,
1: isn't it? That's me, Liz
0: Jones. They never complain when I write about them. All published photographs. It's all about my life in dogs. It's about every dog I've known and loved in my life. We've got some lovely pictures, haven't we? Lovely pictures, very exclusive pictures that you haven't seen before. There's a picture of my dad hugging Labby. And my dad was more tactile with Labby than he was with his wife, his children, grandchildren. He loved Labby. As it should be. And though. The first dog we had was called Pompey. And he was a Labrador retriever, very naughty. He was a rescuer. Or, or, even my dad in the 60s rescued dogs. He didn't buy them. Um, and Pompey was so naughty. And he bit my dad on the hand. And my dad was, was doing something with his paw because it, was sore or something, and you could see all the white bones of my dad's knuckle, oh, and all my dad said, and my dad fought the Nazis.
1: Did he? Have I told you, you that? He's never mentioned it. He did. It he never mentioned stopped it? Hitler no.
0: taking over this Single-handedly. Country.
1: He single-handedly
0: yeah. stopped Hitler. And all he said after Pompey bit him was, oh, my darling, is it sore? He called Pompey oh, darling. Oh, it's so nice. I really love seeing men soft around animals.
1: It really makes me love them. That was the only thing he was soft
0: around, actually. Dogs do that to you, don't they? Though they worm their way in. So we're going to put a link on the U website, my website, Twitter, which isn't called Twitter anymore. You've got to read U magazine this week. Please read it. Please read it. Pretty please. Please try because I need to keep my numbers up, everyone. (laughs) So, what have you been up to now? Well. This week,
1: I sort of want to talk about something that's like really important to me. Everyone knows that I do like lots of fundraising stuff and charity stuff, and I've given it a little bit of a rest recently, but I've got a new project that I just want to chat to people about, and it's to do with, like, a few years ago, I was in a position where I witnessed quite a lot of nasty abuse and neglect on a farm, and... Unfortunately, things like programmes like Countryfile and the adverts for the butter and the beef, they give this lovely impression of farm animals having this lovely life and that we can be absolutely secure in the welfare standards of British farming.
0: I think it's more open now than it used to be because of Twitter. You can't really not see it. It is. And because of the internet and there have been amazing films such as Cow, which I haven't been able to watch. Yeah. So I think
1: I think it's more transparent. It is. It is. And then of course, there are good farmers that treat their animals very well. Of course there are. But unfortunately, I have personally witnessed appalling treatment of animals. Things like calves being born knee-deep in slurry, which is faeces. Their mum's udders being covered in liquid faeces. Animals being whipped, kicked, punched, filthy beds, one of the really horrific things was seeing live lambs that was weak and very sick being thrown into bags of rotting dead lambs that were covered in maggots. But we
0: rehomed a blind lamb, didn't we? We did. We did rehome. What was the blind, blind lamb? lamb called? Ray.
1: Ray. Ray. We took him to Norfolk to Hillside Sanctuary. They were amazing because they've actually got lots of blind lambs, so we had a good place to go. And the attitude was they're going to die anyway, so we'll just chuck them in. So in what's the bin your fundraiser? The then? Well. At the time, I did everything I possibly could to change and challenge it. I really did. I was sending evidence to DEFRA. I was trying to get help from the RSPCA. I was trying to get someone to listen and do something about it. But honestly, my best wasn't good enough, and it didn't matter how hard I tried. I just couldn't make a difference. And due to circumstances, I couldn't access evidence anymore. And I honestly felt that I'd let the animals down. I felt really broken that they had no protection, no one would help me. And I had thought that the UK animals had protection and rights and that we could stop it, but it wasn't true. It just, the law was not adequate or effective. So this went on for many years. and, And after me, the abuse continued and other people become involved. They witnessed exactly the same things. There was one particularly horrific incident where the farmer ran over a pregnant ewe because it, it wouldn't go the direction he wanted it. So he ran over it with a quad bike. So this has been an ongoing cycle. So what's happened now? Well, the great thing is, is there's now new owners and they're stopping farming. And the welfare standards now are amazing. The animals are really well looked after, but they will be going. The, The farm is stopping and they will be going. Going to slaughter. Yeah, they will be. And there's all these ewes that I know and that I've witnessed that have had this horrible, abusive, neglect life. They've lived in fear and they're going to end up being sold for like 20 quid for dog meat. And they've got these babies that have been hand-reared and they all they know is love. All they know is love. And I'm part of a team that we really want to change the outcome for these animals. They've had the most horrific
0: No, but you said life. life.
1: Yeah, exactly. They've had the most horrific life and we want to change the outcome so what so you've set up a GoFundMe. So we're setting up a GoFundMe. We've got amazing adopters. We've got a lady called Hailey that runs the sanctuary that it, that is willing to adopt some lovely lambs and some ewes. We've got a lovely lady called um Rebecca, and she wants to take some lambs to teach children about animal welfare. So they're going they're going to some really good homes. But obviously we need to raise the money to buy them. These people adopt them. They're committed to look after them for life. But they need to be sold. So what we're doing is we're trying to raise the money to adopt these animals out and give them the life they deserve after a horrible horrible So life. will you put the link on the the link will be everywhere, Twitter. Twitter, on YouTube and stuff. And and I know people will be saying, well that's farm animals. This is what happens for farm animals. And that's true. And we would like it to be different for all farm animals. But do you know what? I've seen what these animals have been through. I've seen what these sheep have been through. And they deserve, they absolutely deserve to have the retirement and the love right. well, that they're entitled on, on, to. Right, put the link on
0: the page there, that would be great. Yeah.
1: But we've got so many amazing listeners and I'm always so grateful how you all get behind the charity things that we do. Really grateful. And even if you could donate a pound or share it, or, you know, send send it, the link out to friends. Whatever you can do, truly, I am so grateful. It, the link will be on with this podcast. And I would love you forever if you get behind it. Thank you so much.
0: I am in hell in my column. You are in hell in you your see, column. I'm like Shay. Who says, life is hard, life is bad. And rubbish, I look like life Shay. Is bad. So
1: together... You do we're... look like Shay. Yes, and you smirked as you said it. I don't know what Shay looks
0: like, but you smirked, so it says it all. But I'm in house hunting hell. Go on. What happened? Much as I hate renting, I detest house hunting. You spend days studying a property online, drive for hours for a viewing, only to be told the strip of garden in front of the house is owned by next door, so it isn't private. So I said to the estate agent, "But why didn't you tell me that on the details? I'm telling you now. I swear to you, that's what she said. I'm telling you now. Mm-hmm. Put it mm-hmm. on the website." Uh-uh. Viewing a renovation project, I asked the estate agent which direction the garden faced. "I've no idea," he said. "I know. Why don't you buy a compass?" I viewed a flat in Hackney. Was about to offer when the estate agent said. The Vendors will be removing the glorious mantelpiece. Uh-uh. I was reminded when I moved into my farmhouse in Somerset only to find the Vendors' ghastly couple had removed the butler's sink, they'd removed the fire grate, they'd dug up half the plants in the garden and taken them, ripped the brass light fittings from the ceilings, leaving dangling chains. I have a mortgage in place, but it expires every 30 days, meaning I must start the whole process over again. Every time I find a property, I have to pay a fee of £175. And then the lender rejects the property. It's like having a husband having a lender. Oh, I don't like that. (laughs) I had it rejected, one, for being next door to a dentist, two, for having two front doors. God forbid. Another one was rejected for being a freehold flat, and then I found a lovely house in Harrogate, but it was rejected because it was next to a pub. I just thought that was a bonus. And actually, it was a tiny little hole in the wall pub, wasn't it? It wasn't like a,
1: a Wetherspoons that would be going on all night with parties. It wasn't going
0: to have drunk squaddies in it. And the last one I sent to lovely Sarah, who's trying to help me, it was rejected for being too small. It was. I'd found a studio flat in Islington, which is all I can afford. How have I fallen, you know? How have I fallen But they to are live? lovely.
1: They are lovely studio No, you flats. didn't see the
0: studio flat. I, no, you don't want a studio flat. <laughs> They're not lovely, Nick. Yeah, I'm being positive. We need to be positive. Then I found a stone cottage in the Black Mountains near Hay-on-Wye. I'm Welsh, so I figure I won't be stoned. I wanted to let it out as a sort of holiday rental, high-end, obviously. Of course. Not with sort of pine and brass rubbings and stuff and no coffee machine and cafeteria and everything high-end. But the mortgage company said I couldn't do it because I'm not a homeowner and I've never been a landlady. Well... I could make a better fist of being a landlady than the woman who owned the Georgian Airbnb in Edinburgh, £900 for two nights for my niece's wedding. She left the fridge with a milky crust. The heating was switched off in Scotland. There was a plastic tablecloth with sort of plums and apples on it. Who has a plastic tablecloth? Wow. (laughs) And when I phoned her up to complain there was no cafe chair, she said, oh, it was stolen. Okay, you replace it though, don't you? Well, she obviously thought that was too much expense. There is, I tell everyone, there's a reason people have properties that they can rent out on Airbnb's because they're mean and miserly. That's why. I viewed a house with a walled garden and a greenhouse, and I reckon I could grow all my own food chilies, tomatoes. What else do I eat? I don't know, but you're obsessed with growing chilies. I, no, I you love chilies. You always chilis. talk about growing chilies. And I'm told by the same lender, they're not keen on it having a septic tank. There is not a house in the Dales that does not have a septic tank. I've written long and hard on the travails of renting. And I realised the other day, I'm worse off, more precarious than my former London cleaner. She'd never had a bank account. She'd never earned enough to pay a penny in tax She's got two children, lots of grandchildren. She lives in a beautiful council house in Stoke, Newington, near Whole Foods, near Raza vegetarian Indian restaurant. And she'll never be evicted. so my cleaner who worked for me for eleven is better off than me, and she'd never had a bank account. No, you're bitter about her being near Raza, aren't you? Yeah, it's one of my favorite are, restaurants. Yeah, you're oh my God, they do this beautiful black eye bean curry with like coconut. And this cabbage curry, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, you're bitter about that. I think the most poignant detail to emerge about the death of Sinead O'Connor was that she was found dead in her rented flat in Brixton. Glorious talent and hard work that clearly went unrewarded when someone who runs a bank leaves in shame with millions. Now, the person I'm talking about there is the woman who headed up in that West and she's left. But she's left with a great big pot of gold. Yeah. I'll <sighs> tell you what else has put me into hell. The man who keeps knocking on my door saying he wants to read my meter. I have a smart meter. You don't have to read it, nuts And he ran away. I'm nuts. (laughs) God. You can read this week's diary in full from Men on Sunday's You magazine. Now, do you want to know what the archive is this week? I do. Princess of Wales, Catherine. Is this another, another
1: doppelganger?
0: Yes. I showed Nick a picture on my phone. I said, I look just like Kate Middleton. What did you say? People think I'm rude about you. You're rude about me. I don't know. I can't remember what I said. What did I say? It was very rude. Was it? What was it? In your dreams.
1: <laughs> well, you can't look like Megan and Kate Middleton. And who's the
0: other one? Dua Lipa. Yeah, yeah. You can't. They don't look anything like each We're other. We're all a type. No, yeah. <laughs> anyway, she went through a, fo- a festival of like banging house or something good on her and someone sneaked a picture and she's standing there in sort of black leggings and trainers and she still looks amazing and so it's so lovely that she could do something normal when she's not having to shake people's hands and smile and she could just go and listen to some banging house i thought that was fantastic yeah They do get out and about, don't they,
1: sort of try and have a normal life. Apparently, she goes shopping and stuff, doesn't she?
0: Apparently, I think she goes to Rees on the King's Road, or she used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, my archive is from 2008, and this is when the Daily Mail made me, with one evening's notice, go to Glastonbury. (sighs) I didn't even own a tent.
1: I have to say your face was a picture. You I, had to go and buy me a tent. I tench. had to go and buy you a tent. It was all, it was Nicola, it was go traumatic. and buy me
0: a tent. It's like people on a treasure hunt, isn't it? You need yeah, to find yeah. a tent. I was Annika. You need to find some wet wipes. I'm Annika Rice. Copy that. So this is my piece about Glastonbury, Never Again. I know I'm a little bit of a fussy pants. no. No. I'm, I've never opened a door without using my sleeve or the bottom of my T-shirt for fear of leaving smudged fingerprints or getting germs. I avoid long-haul flights as they mean I would have to use the loo on the plane and sit next to a member of the public I know hasn't washed for 12 hours. I never buy food from sandwich bars in case a man serving me has just scratched his head. Sod the environment, I rarely wear an item of clothing more than once. Lots of scenarios, therefore, harbour great fear petrol station that has run out of little plastic gloves for me to use when i fill up the car you can see me with the outside my car shouting at the little man in the in in the cubby hole you've run out of gloves and they (laughs) never come out with any they never there's never any gloves when i go never not that i use them i don't watch anything on telly where the environment is untidy and not clean and chaotic i've never been able to watch with Nell and I.
1: It's oh too dear. messy.
0: Oh, dear. The event that has always made me shiver with dread is Glastonbury. Why would someone pay £164, this was in 2008, it's probably a lot more now, to trudge through mud, sleep on the ground and crane one's neck to watch a dubiously famous pop star mumble into a microphone with his eyes closed? If you need proof of how truly disgusting the human race is, of how fine a thread the edifice of civilization is hanging by... You should spend the weekend at Glastonbury, as I've just been forced to do by my editor, who thought it might make a change. This was his email. It will make a change from sassaying around in heels at fashion shows. (laughs) Which is by far your preference. Oh, dear God. On Saturday, for the second night in a row, I was forced to sleep on the ground with my makeup on. a first. Oh, I've had many a drunken night. I've done that. I was able to crouch outside my tent... Put up after a great deal of phoning the Millets hotline with no help at all from the drunken men in the next row. I was able to crouch outside that tent with my Philips Sony care. It was on a go slow because I hadn't been able to charge it. I rinsed by swigging from a bottle of Pellegrino. And then I discovered I'd lost my tweezers. Passers-by looked at me on my little square of bin bag. So whenever I sat down, I had a little square of bin bag to sit on. See yeah. In my pyjamas, I was the only one of 170,000 people to change into my pyjamas. Definitely to loosen up a bit. (laughs) And they started to shoot videos of me on their mobiles of me cleaning my teeth on my little square of bin bag. (laughs) I felt like Top Cat getting ready to go to bed in a dustbin.
1: Somewhere Do you, you remember are Topcat a, a TikTok
0: video, aren't you? Do you remember Top Cat? Oh, I love Top Cat. Anyway, I became quite fond of my tent, even though wanting my head to be higher than my feet because I forgot a pillow, I pitched it on a slope, which meant in all that nylon, I kept sliding to the entrance in a heap in the middle of the night. I'd felt relatively safe from the throbbing mass outside after crawling inside my tent and zipping it up with all my possessions cradled in my arms. Reported crime has doubled at the festival. I met two girls whose bags and Ugg boots were stolen and they said to me, we were still wearing them. So someone just took them off their feet. That's great. Although I was exhausted from all the hours of trudging, from sound stage to sound stage, all of which are miles from me publisher, You really have a fear of missing out because you think, "What's going on over there? Why am I here? I need to be over there." Rows and rows of awful vans selling kebabs, roast hog. They're Ugh. not that. They're not that right on these people, are they? If they eat roast hog, Ugh. falafels, Better. awful jewellery, things made from hemp. It was like a giant version of Camden Market. I couldn't sleep because not once. Was the music turned off or down? I tried putting my head out of my tent saying, what's going on? To no avail. It just went on until dawn. The worst thing about Glastonbury 2008, apart from the litter that cost a million pounds to clear up and the queuing to use a tap, which made me feel as though I were in a refugee camp, only less dignified. At least refugees do not choose to be in the position they find themselves in the trudging with my possessions and my little square of bin bag as if I was fleeing Kosovo, and the awful portable toilets I do not want to speak about. To be honest, it was the music. While the festival looked as though it was in the 70s, the flags, the serenity field, the justics, if only it sounded like the 70s. I've never heard such substandard tosh in all my life. Not keen, then. And I couldn't see who was on the pyramid stage because the model Lily Cole was in front of me and she's very tall and I couldn't see a thing. <laughs> Why are you here? I asked her. It's Amy Winehouse, she shouted back. Indeed it was. Who else would have got away with shuffling around the stage incoherently, stopping for chats with the band members, occasionally reaching up with a scrawny pot mark arm to make sure her hair was still there? She was the only person on the entire site who looked worse than I did. And she hardly sang in key, I said to a girl next to who was in raptures. For Amy, she was awesome, she said. Normally, she never even gets a word out. Only middle class white people would put up with this nonsense. I couldn't help feeling that everyone was here pretending to have a good time because that was what you're supposed to do. As if they were viewing everything through videos on their phones, wanting to store images they weren't experiencing something real. These young people have never seen performances by Aretha Franklin or Michael Jackson or Prince—real performers. They bothered to come up with the playlist, memorize their lyrics. All Amy Winehouse. She started arguing with people in the crowd. I've seen um, Amy Winehouse. She was honestly—it was awful. She was arguing with people. Awful. The worst one had to be Jay Z. Build as the most awesome rapper in the world by the festival's organizer. Those who stayed away from the festival because they felt rap was out of place were justified. Jay-Z emerged on the stage like an only slightly slimmer version of American Vogue's fashion director, Andre Leontelli, dressed despite the warm evening and the pitch black in a duffel coat, hood, scarf and sunglasses. And he shouted, it just made us do all the work. I don't want to ask questions or sing. I want to listen. Oh, it's fun when George Michael does it. It's perfect. Anyway, on Sunday night, I took myself to a field, but they were showing films on a giant screen. I tried to gate crash someone's bonfire to get warm, <laughs> and then I tried to order a taxi back to my car, which I'd forgotten where it was. You couldn't wait to get away, could you? You were desperate. I began to wonder if I had that disease where you're unable to enjoy yourself, but I don't think so. You know, now, having seen the band live, people always say, you had to be there. This time, you didn't. You really, really didn't. Yeah.
1: I like, I'm much happier watching things on telly because you can fast forward what you don't like. I'm much happier in a five-star hotel. I'm not interested in the camping. It's the toilets that put me off. No,
0: I reabsorbed. Yeah, yeah. I'm never going to use. And I was dangerously close to running out of wet wipes. Every week, lots of you get in touch telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. So I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too. If you'd like to get in touch, then go to lizjonesgoddess.com or tweet me at lizjonesgoddess. Do you want to know what her readers are saying? Yes. I looked at the second letter and I couldn't read because it was all redacted. You're like the civil service. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: So we have Sarah who says, Hey Liz and Nick, I really enjoy your podcast, but I'm not your demographic at all. Who is our demographic? Well, she says she's a nurse and a mother of three, doesn't have pets, but I would like a dog because I had one as a child, but I like people more than animals. I won't stop listening. I love the honesty, but where do you think our middle ground is? That's that's quite an interesting letter, I thought. But I
0: think we've got quite a wide demographic because we get men as well. No, we have. I and mean, actually, we do like children. And I think no, I don't. Why well, like children? No, I don't. I, I think, think they're also, horrible
1: and they scream. Regardless of whether, if you're passionate about something, whether it's animal welfare or children or the environment, how can you be passionate about children? Well, some people are. Some people like them.
0: No, I don't. No,
1: honestly, some people like them. Right, let's move on then, because you're not going to. You know, you're not. You're not buying into this. So last week in Liz's archive, she was talking about her article that was in the paper that week. And it was about the disaster of going on holiday with a younger man and how you're far better off dating an older man because you'll always be younger and they'll always be grateful. So we had John Dury on Twitter who said, bless him,
0: we are eternally grateful. Oh, I love John. I love John. Well, that's it from us this week. If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast, why not visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcast videos, opinion pieces and more. I'll be back next Sunday, but for now, I'm Liz Jones. And I'm Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye.